everyone, and welcome to the AIM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we're going to talk about transformation and change. I know a lot of people go through various different times in their lives where they feel they need to change something or a big moment of change is coming towards them. And if you've been following us on the podcast, probably you heard some of our stories and you might think, oh, this girl's changed a lot. So we wanted to dive deep into this topic today and be more personal and talk about things that happen in our lives. So I wanted to ask you, sis, uh, can you tell me about a moment you felt a big change in your in personality, identity, or even your career studies? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd have to say that my first big change was entering university. Mm-hmm. I think for everyone, or almost everyone, when they enter university, it marks a different part of their lives. It's a new step. It's a different level of studies, a different level of socialization of discovering yourself in many different levels. So this one was for sure a big, big change. Um, When I was entering university, I had to pass through a change of mentality for sure. And also also of what I wanted to do because the course that I decided to take was not my first option, but I was I don't know how to say, but like people convinced me to change my opinion on what I wanted to do because of external forces Um, and being only a 17-year-old teenager, I was not really confident about my own opinions. And then I ended up changing what I wanted to do to satisfy some other people like my family (laughs) and maybe some peers as well, because, you know, being a good student, people expect you to follow certain path, um, maybe studying engineering like I did, or I don't know, law, medicine, things like this. It's very like, you're kind of being rebellious if you choose to study something very different from that at that time in the situation that we were, because people didn't really believe that you can make a career out of anything else, <laughs> basically. Um, So yeah, I had to change my mindset and say, okay, if I decided to do that, I'm going to do that. And let's focus and study. And I was really competitive and I was studying really hard to pass the exam, the entrance exam, really stressed. And I think that was the first change in my life, you know, Um, going from a teenager who had like no idea what she wanted to do to being really, really focused on passing a certain exam and having only one aim in my head, you know, like studying during Christmas and New Year's, that type of thing. Yeah, I remember that. And, but like you were saying, I think the way you were raised to be or the environment you grew up in kind of reflects a lot of your possibilities as a teenager, because like when or not, you still need your parents to pay the bills, you know, you're living with them. And they kind of set the rules of what is possible for you because you just cannot, you know, sustain yourself or you don't have the money to do it. So I completely understand why you had to make those decisions. And I don't think it's necessarily bad, you know, I think all those things are lessons in our lives for 
like listening to your own voice or make trying to make other people understand how this is important for you instead of you know just accepting i think that's something you learned to go on yeah i agree i think but i think it took me a very long time to find my voice and to be able to speak for myself and be confident about what i'm what i'm certain i want to do you know um yeah going to university and then while studying there it's also a big transformation because we get to know people from different backgrounds and you know different ideas and our university also is very um engaged in politics so people talk about different subjects you know feminism and politics and gender and racism and all those those different things and then you have a bigger idea of what it's to be involved in activism although i was not really an activist while i was in undergrad for sure but it was nice to be in that environment and to start learning for the first time that we could fight for things we truly believed in and finding some like-minded people although i did not find so many like-minded people but some people can which is good <laughs> what about you you want to share your first big change mm, i think it was university as well the biggest change i think even though like high school was a bit weird and we had to change through that you know kind of be the quiet child and stuff but i think when i went to university i had the opportunity to change my identity or how people saw me because no one knew me you know i mean a few people did but we didn't stay together whatever and i remember i dyed my hair kind of red orange color it's kind of ginger color and it looked very i liked it a lot at that time but it was like very you know bright i'd say so some people noticed and i was like oh, okay and i kind of learned to not like leave my shy personality aside a little bit more and kind of try to interact with people even though so i i kind of talked with everyone because we were like you said there were so many different people and we we're trying to get to know everyone but i was always pretty comfortable by myself as well so i don't think i made I made a few friendships that kind of lasted, but not that much. But I think university pushed me out of my comfort zone, for sure. The classes were really hard, and the standards for everything were pretty high. So you, we really had to dedicate ourselves, and I think I never studied so hard in my life. Um, so I think, yeah, that was a change. But like my sister was saying, my first ideal career wasn't really international relations as well it was kind of peer pressure or parents pressure as we call it um that pushed me to do something else but i don't regret it because i in the end i really enjoyed international relations and until nowadays it's something that i'm fascinated about and i like to read about it and stuff but i don't see myself working with that properly so I think that led me to another jump that was my master's degree so i think the biggest biggest shift was probably coming here 
I think I couldn't push myself out of my comfort zone more than coming here. You know, maybe if I went to China, that would have been worse. But <laughs> yeah, it's true though. I have friends that went there. It's not that fun. So, um, what about you? Yeah, for sure. Coming to Japan was also something big. Um, can I ask you, like, what led you to say that you officially didn't want to study engineering anymore? And what led you to choose Global Health? Because the process of you choosing a university was mad. Like, you applied for every single possibility you had in mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I just... I was a good student, you know, when I was studying biomedical engineering, but it wasn't something that I was passionate about and it wasn't something that I saw myself working with. I didn't want to work for a company and, you know, just do like office job. I didn't want to become a researcher in engineering and stay in the lab the entire day, like working with, I don't know, like biomechanics or biomedical instruments or even like biomaterials it was interesting but it was not something that I saw myself really passionate about so I, I decided and then I came to Japan and this was the big point like that I decided I didn't really want to do you know biomedical engineering anymore <laughs> because it was like well I really enjoy living abroad <laughs> so if I had a chance I'd like to stay more time living abroad not necessarily here in Japan, it could be in other places as well, but I didn't want to go back to Brazil, to be honest. And that was how I decided to do something else, go for a master's degree, because I already had the, the other bachelor, so. And yeah, like you said, I applied for many places, many places. Australia, Portugal, UK. UK, I mean, England and then Scotland, here in Japan. So had some options, um, but I ended up coming back to Japan. So I don't know, I just felt liberated living abroad. And I realized that my life is not only studying. And I, my life was kind of miserable only studying because I was really, really focused and I had nothing else in my life, only like my studies in opening my mind to different possibilities and realizing that I need to take care of myself, of my mental health, of, you know, having friends. <laughs> it's something that made me want to change. I didn't want to go back to that place I was before. Yeah. For us, master's degree was pretty much like escape route. <laughs> we always wanted to move abroad. So that was the way we found, like, Okay, let's study hard and get a scholarship and go somewhere else. But yeah. I think that's also another point, you know. Some people see like students living abroad and having studying their masters or PhD and they think oh, it's so good, you know, it's so glamorous, whatever. It's not. <laughs> I just say that's not. It's really boring, honestly, and it's really hard to study. And it's not easy, especially if you go to like a good university, the standards are pretty high. And usually the way they treat you, you're not a student anymore, you're like a researcher, so you're supposed to know your place, you're supposed to know 
how to do research. You're supposed to do all those things by your own. And in my case, I had the extra like hardship of being in Korean. And I honestly, I was really naive before I left Brazil to go because I was like, okay, I can learn in one year in Korean. Like, of course you can't, you know, of course you can't learn Korean in, during one year and expect to be at a good enough level to go to university and have, you know, post-grad classes. I was very naive and I thought I could, but I couldn't. So that was very hard, but I think, yeah, transformation. But I wanted to come here anyway, so I don't really regret. That was only my my only option, honestly. My sister applied for like a thousand places and I applied only to come here. And I'm really glad I got in because that was what I chose. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it's important to say to people who want to study abroad, especially for a master's or even PhD, that it is fun to study abroad and to live somewhere else. But it's also difficult, especially, I mean, living somewhere else, but it's not your home country. If you miss your family, you're going to feel really bad. Sometimes you're going to be a little bit depressive. I mean, we don't really have this, but some people, they're really attached to their families. So they have a hard time traveling. Um, also, when you arrive, there's a lot of cultural shock. And not, even like in your workplace or your study place, you're not only supposed to know how to be a researcher, but you're supposed to know how to be a researcher in that country. Mm. It, and it means many, many different things. If you're studying in America, if you're studying here in Asia, in Korea or Japan, they expect different things from you. And sometimes we don't know what they're expecting. So this is also difficult to realize. And sometimes you don't even have colleagues that are from abroad so everyone knows the rule except you, which is also difficult. In our case, was also we chose a different area of study. Yeah. To global health, and I went to anthropology, and we didn't know how to do research in those areas because it's quite different from what we've been studying for like five years before. Yeah. But I think another change that happened when I came here that was a positive one was that I finally kind of gave myself some free time to do things that I loved. I mean, we started AIM Sisters while we were here. It's been like five months that we have the podcast now. So today it's been five months, which is great. So they're recording. Hey, AIM Sisters podcast. Thank you so much for all of you who stayed with us from the beginning. <laughs> and it's just beautiful to see that we're finally taking, you know, even though they're baby steps, but those are baby steps into the direction we want to follow that is more creative, more, you know, doing what we love and not just following what we've been doing. So it's kind of a change. And like here I got my first camera and I was finally for the first time taking pictures and seeing the possibilities, seeing the world through a lens or finding other ways to express myself that I didn't have before. So those were beautiful changes. And I think even when you're in a place of adversity, sometimes you can find those little things that change your life, even though in a small way, but in a joyful way. Would you, what would you say in your case? Could you find something like that? Yeah, I mean, only the possibility to walk around in peace, you know, and just explore the little streets of Tokyo. It's pretty nice. Go visit really temples. Beautiful. 
yeah, you know, like visit temples and just absorb the sunlight, you know, <laughs> because I just stay home all the time. I, I stay most of the time at home, but when I go out, it's just like appreciating those little moments and absorbing the culture as much as I can. I don't know if you're feeling this because now we're at the end of our master's. So it means that time to move is coming soon again. But I don't know about you, but a few months ago, I was quite a bit anxious about it and feeling like, I don't know if I'm ready to move. But then now I'm like, I'm super ready to move. I'm ready to go. But at the same time, you feel like, oh, then I should appreciate every single thing because I won't be seeing this thing anymore. Yeah, I feel the same. Even like, sometimes I even think about food. I'm like, I don't even like this food so much, but I better eat it now because I won't be able to eat it in how many years, you know, to yeah, come. Yeah. I feel the same. That's why everything becomes special. If you try to be here present. And yeah. Because everything changes all the time. Even if you're living in your home country. I mean, nobody expected to be locked up in their homes for two years. <laughs> so, you know, appreciating every moment is really important. Time is going by. And I, I was really scared you said about two years. Like, it's crazy. Soon I'll be 25. And the pandemic started when I was 23. <laughs> yeah. But... And this is another thing, right? Sometimes changes come unexpectedly, like the tower moment in the tarot deck. But sometimes they are swift and sometimes they are soft. Sometimes they are planned. Sometimes we can decide to change. But in any case, I always feel there's kind of this premonition you know, that you know that something is going to happen or some change is coming your way. You know. Maybe. I don't know if I would call it a premonition, but... Kind of the, just a feeling, you know? Yeah, but in my case, if the change is not imposed on us, if it's something like an internal change that comes into fruition in, the, in our external reality, most of the time it's because you're finally listening to yourself and this is making you change and this is making you realize that you need to go somewhere else, you need to do something else. And it's important to listen to it. And I think everyone can hear to this inner voice that speaks to them or this feeling of, I don't know, maybe feeling uncomfortable in their situations and listening to this uncomfortable thing in your stomach makes you realize that something is not okay. And then you can open up your mind to realize, okay, if I don't really like what, I, what I'm doing here right now, what would I like to do? What are, what are the possibilities? And this leads us to like more concrete changes. But also for me, like you said, everything starts inside. That is strange though. Go ahead. Hmm? Go ahead. No, just say, once you listen to what's happening inside, it becomes translated in the outside. But like you said, sometimes it's like your inner self talking to you, but my inner self is really quiet. <laughs> and I'm always like asking my own self, like, please show me in a clear way what should I do next, you know? 
I'm almost, almost like screaming at myself, like, God damn it, please be clear. <laughs> because it's so confusing when like a changing time is coming, but you don't know where to go next. So I'm always like trying to gain clarity. And I ask my spirit guides and I ask my higher self, please show me in a clear way. And I don't know, sometimes I just keep like days and days because I'm always like, I know this is going to come. The answer is going to come. It's coming, but not now. So I kind of give myself the time. And it's really strange because sometimes when the answer comes, it's just an inner no. It's not someone telling you anything. It's, it's weird because intuition is so different to everyone. The way you listen, listen or feel it or, you know, process it. It's quite unique. I understand. I, I feel the same. I was like screaming at myself. Some not literally, but like internally. Yeah. You're like quiet on the outside. You said, ah! <laughs> yeah. Sitting in meditation yeah. and inside, like, ah! it's burning. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, like, if you take a moment to just feel, even though I did not believe in what I was feeling, that was the answer, actually. Because our mind is like creating many things rationally. That's the best place to go. You have to go there, you know, or creating all the possibilities, but actually perhaps inside you already know where you want to go. That was what happened with me when I had to decide things. I'm going to ask for your advice because what do you think? Because sometimes when I'm thinking about next possibility, when I think about one option, I feel calm and I feel in peace. And when I think about the other option, I feel this thing in my stomach, kind of an excitement, but kind of a fear at the same time. Which one do you think is the right one? Because I think both feelings are good. But they're very, very different. I think it depends, like, what you're looking for. Are you looking for stability and calmness? Or are you looking for this other energy? Here, I that. You know, that's the answer. <sighs> yeah. We like also- to play safe, but sometimes we don't. We shouldn't play safe. But at the same time, it's like, is it really me or my condition? Because I'm always like going for watch this gut feeling that sometimes is uncomfortable. Tell me, you know, it's like when we were talking about love, like sometimes you think just because it's a roller coaster type of relationship, you think it's love, but it's like conditioning in your mind. Uh-huh. Do you think this applies for, you know, life, like career or success or things you want to accomplish in that matter? Yeah, it applies, of course. Of so course. I don't know if it's conditioning or not. <laughs> Everything is a condition. You only have a reaction to one place because you have an idea what that place is. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, oh. I mean, unless you pick like two, two pieces of paper, you wrap them, and then you just feel, you don't know which one is which one, right? So you just feel the energy. You don't know, right? You can try, try that. You can try, I mean. I think it's better for you to talk to a psychic, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the way we solve our problems. We talk to a psychic. Of course, always. You should try, you listener. If you have a problem or you don't know what to do, talk to a psychic. It's really, it's really nice. 
you can recommend a few if you want. And also, I was thinking, like you said, sometimes you decide changes, but you, do you also think we manifest changes in our life? Yeah. I mean, if we are ready to change, change will come to us. You're like the wise professor today. <laughs> you want to manifest change? Change will come. But, but it's of true. Course, all the conditioning. <laughs> Don't you agree with me? Mm, yes, I do. But I wanted to know your opinion on that. Because sometimes I feel manifestations come late. Sometimes you don't really expect, and you're like, God damn it, I don't want it anymore. You're already thinking about what you want next. Yeah. I agree with that part. <laughs> but I think it's not too late. Even if, 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 even if a manifestation comes at a later time, it doesn't mean it's a bad time. I mean, our time is very different from spirit time, so to say. It means also that now you're aligned and you're open to receive what you ask. Maybe because you don't stress about it anymore. Yeah. And I was like, whatever, if it comes, if it doesn't. So it comes because you're not stressing about it. But can, are you excited about your next step in life? Yes, I am. Very Finally, good. finally finished my master's. Yeah, it's a great change move from japan to somewhere else you know change my career again who knows you know it's always exciting yes i wonder if we'll ever stop one day and say yes i am this thing <laughs> because no. i don't think so yeah and that's good to give yourself the freedom to do whatever you want to or become who you want to be But I agree. I'm also excited. Hopefully, no, I will finish my master's. I have to in this semester. And yes, every time I see an airplane out of my window, I'm like, hey, hey, I'm here. I want to go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. Do you have any final advice or thoughts on how to face changes? Hmm. I think go with the flow because you can't resist when something is changing for real, you know? So I think learning to be malleable and adapt to the situation is the best gift you can have because the only thing we can control is our reaction to things and not things properly or how life events meet us. So, I mean, of course, if you can plan something, do it, but be flexible. What about you? What's your advice? My advice is leap. Just stress. If you really want to do something, just stress and it will happen. If, if you're a moment in your life that nothing is changing and you feel you're stagnant, you know, if you start feeling this thing inside you wanting to create change in your life, don't ignore it. Take action upon it and leap. Leap. Like mm. the, the, the card say, the Oracle card says, right? Leap and the universe will catch you. And that's so true. We have to believe a little more. Put a little bit of faith that there's something higher than us helping us out. And that everything is aligned in our lives. We just have to trust and take action. 
and everything will work out. Completely agree. Couldn't agree more because you feel alive when you do that. Most of the times when you feel stagnant, it's like life is being, you know, drained out of us. Drained out of you, yes. You don't have energy to do anything when you decide to change and take the lead. You feel alive. And that's what we're here for, right, folks? To feel alive. So we wish you all the best in all your changes and transformations in this lifetime. Like a caterpillar transforming into a beautiful butterfly, you're going to go through that multiple times in your life. So get used to that and enjoy the process. Thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed, please um, share with your friend, leave us a like, also comment down below. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, please leave us a review. Thank you so much and hope to see you on the next video or the next episode. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye-bye.